Stocks little change this morning. We're a bit frozen after yesterday's sell-off in which banks did worse than tech. Ten-year yields were a little change, but the dollar ripped following Jerome Powell's initial testimony to Congress. And we've got day two coming up. Let's talk about it with Rebecca Felton joining us from Riverfront Investment Group, a senior market strategist. Rebecca, welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning, Oliver. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Appreciate you being here. It's day two for Jay Powell. Did he get it all out of the way yesterday? Well, it felt like it, didn't it? But it's surprising still that folks are resetting, if you will, as it relates to this higher for longer narrative, because we've been thinking that that was going to be the case all along. So we didn't really hear anything different yesterday than what we have believed was going to happen. Was it overdue? Uh, is this what he, uh, the Tony should have taken in February, or is he truly data dependent and last month's data was just too hot? I think they are data dependent. Um, and of course, these uh, numbers that we got this morning, the ADP payroll numbers coming in hotter than expected, certainly isn't going to help the case for any sort of easing. We do believe that there's uh, growing expectations that the rate hikes will increase as we move along be this uh, March one will be 50 basis points and probably continue to keep a pretty tough pace as we go through the year. Because as you've seen uh, throughout these last few weeks, the data has been coming in pretty resilient. And even though Q4 earnings reporting period was lackluster against a low bar, you still saw margins hold in, CapEx projections were very uh, strong. So there's a lot to look forward to in terms of the back half of the year as it relates to growth. How much of uh, those fundamental underpinnings can keep the machine running in the economy if they are going to press uh, harder on it? Uh, does Powell really mean business as far as accepting recession as an outcome? How long do those sort of tailwinds, fundamentally, that you just mentioned, have the potential to carry us if he is uh, really going to drive inflation down to 2% just by crushing demand? Well, they are intent on that 2% target. We have not seen them come off that one bit. And I think you make a very good point. What that does to ultimate growth um, is going to be interesting. Consumers are still strong. Businesses are still spending. Businesses are still hiring. Um, some of those problems have been what have fueled these inflationary pressures. But we, we are, again, keying on earnings growth here as we look into the back half of the year, because that is ultimately going to be what drives these markets. We already know that we're looking at above average valuation levels here. We have lackluster growth. So since we are on a look ahead bias as it relates to Wall Street, uh, those numbers have to hold up in the back half of the year as, as our uh, shaping up right now. We've seen an awful lot of downside revisions and perhaps the worst of those is over. Yesterday we saw uh, banks uh, drag on the market the worst. Um, regional banks got slammed. They're down near 52-week lows. And uh, it's a bit different uh, than last year when it was a very tech-specific uh, style reaction, a valuation crunch. Uh, what happens if we start making new lows in stuff like regional banks? Does that tell us maybe there's a wall faster uh, than we're expecting for the economy? Well, perhaps those uh, those reactions in regional banks yesterday 
could have had a lot to do with the sensitivity that you've got there to consumers. Uh, our exposure and our strategies has been towards the large cap uh, banks. We've also added back some international vis-a-vis -vis European financials. So we believe that there's still room for net interest margin expansion there. And we believe that that's the best space for us to play right now in our portfolios. Talk to me about uh, the portfolio strategy overall. How do you thread this needle here of trying to participate without uh, getting overexposed in case of a downturn? Well, that's why we're, if you will, stuck in neutral uh, with respect to our equity as well as fixed income allocations. We've recently added back more to fixed income and we've neutralized that exposure because we do expect that investors are going to get rewarded this year as we move through the year and rates go higher for actually having that fixed income exposure. As it relates to our equity sleeves, we are overweight U.S. relative to international. Again, we've added back there to try to neutralize these positions. Um, within the U.S. space, we have a value tilt. We are looking at companies that pay dividends. Uh, so we have uh, we have a strategy we call pay attention to the yield. Uh, so those are the types of, of ideas that we have right now as we look into the back half of this year. Okay, like that. Um, Rebecca, what do you look for as uh, the kind of stark red light if um, you do need to even uh, pare back more? What do you see as kind of a major red flag or is there anything that you're looking for that will tell us kind of definitively that uh, you know something uh, a bigger drop is coming we've got the yield curve but it seems like uh, people are pretty inert to it at this point well there are several areas that we have to watch right uh, certainly the consumer is one although they have been very resilient they're roughly uh, consumption is over 60 percent of GDP we've also seen better housing data over the last month or so, but if that turns lower again, then that certainly has uh, stronger implications for the economy. But since we've already navigated through earnings season for Q4, it's probably going to be uh, next month be before we start getting any clear indications as to what's happen happening in corporate America in terms of any changes there. Okay, so uh, U.S. still over international, uh, like the uh uh, home court preference here is I've got a lot of guests that keep uh, making the case for international stocks. It seems like um, you're almost uh, contrarian at this point with that view. Everybody talks about the value proposition of international at this point. Truly, it is a relative value when you look at the valuations compared to U.S. equities. But our concern has been you've had this run up because they have been cheaper, but you don't have the earnings growth really to back it up. You also still have growth, uh, slower growth in many regions, particularly Europe, uh, the situation with Ukraine, those types of pressures we believe are going to continue. So we're sort of taking a show me attitude, but yes, we have neutralized that exposure somewhat. All right, uh, great convo, Rebecca. Thanks a lot, great way to get us started Thank here today. You. Appreciate it very much, Rebecca Felton, Senior Market Strategist at Riverfront Investment Group. Staying in the value tilt domestically, but preferring U.S. over the international. It's uh, something we don't hear as much anymore, so a bit of a contrarian uh, take, I think. But ultimately, people still have a lot of stock in the U.S. Hard to get away from the benchmark indexes that are U.S.-focused.